My next guest was the U.S. Ambassador to Canada from 2014 to 2017. And in order to set the table for our conversation with Bruce Heyman, we can hear from Donald Trump himself at a rally this weekend. It's not a new, new talking point that he wants members of NATO to meet their commitment of 2% of GDP spent on military. But what was new, and as somebody said on the roundtable a little while ago, uh, you know, I'm fine with the first part. The second part horrifies me. The presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. Let's say good morning to Bruce Heyman. As mentioned, former U.S. ambassador to Canada. Ambassador, it's nice to be with you. Good to be with you this morning. Can I first of all ask you, I don't want to be too cynical, but I don't believe most stories that Donald Trump tells. Do you believe that story? Usually the ones that involve sir are not true. Uh, do you remember very clearly that he put a tariff on your steel and aluminum on the basis of U.S. national security to squeeze you on the NAFTA agreement? No, I believe what he says is true. And is scarily, he, he leads what he's going to do with his words. And I think he has become an extreme of himself more recently. And I think it is very dangerous uh, for our democracy uh, but particularly very dangerous for our allies and our best friend and neighbor and best ally is Canada. And I think this is a very, very dangerous time for Canada-U.S. relations if Donald Trump is elected president again. Okay. Now, I know, don't want to ask you to do a seminar, but I always think it's important that people have a foundation for the conversation we're having. And a lot of people probably don't think much about NATO. Can you elucidate on the importance of NATO and purpose? Um, the, the North uh, Atlantic Treaty Organization was established uh, uh, post-World War II as a collective of European nations and the U.S. and Canada to provide protection against enemies attacking the collective. And we have an agreement with each other, and one of the most important agreements is Article 5, but one of the most important parts of Article 5 is if any individual country is attacked, the collective would come together to defend that country and respond. It's only been exercised once, yeah. and that was in uh, post-9-11, and that's when we came together to go against uh, Osama bin Laden and his followers in Afghanistan, and Canada was there along with the other uh, NATO members. But this is an important organization to stand up against the threat of uh, Vladimir Putin, who's made it very clear that he wants to expand his borders and is doing such in Ukraine. And thus, the big decision on NATO has been, how do we protect ourselves um, against Russia right now? What do you think Vladimir Putin's reaction is when, you know, the possible future president of the United States says, I'll let Vladimir Putin do whatever the hell he wants? I think Vladimir Putin has to be delighted in the prospect that Donald Trump may be president again. There are many indications that Donald Trump was um, doing things that would would probably cause Vladimir Putin to smile. And more importantly, I think that there was uh, probably 
some type of unwritten um, uh, a support system that was done for Vladimir Putin. And it's hard for me to understand why, other than commercial interest or otherwise. But but look, you know, we saw the language that was used with the uh, then President Zelensky in Ukraine when the president, uh, Trump, was squeezing him. Look, I, I, I just you know, want you to do me a favor first. And, you know, he he continues uh, to promote, um, you know, disorganization and anarchy. And that's, you know, in in Russia's interest as they look to expand their borders. Do you buy the idea that uh, the Russians have something on Donald Trump? Is that sort of a fever dream? You know, it's so perplexing. Uh, and to why um, a president of the United States, a former president of the United States, someone in the United States who we have now stood and have clear evidence through security services and the like, knowing um, Russia's interest in disrupting our way of life uh, from cyber attacks to interfering in our elections to, you know, expanding its borders something's off here. Uh, I mean, I don't know what it is, uh, but something's definitely off. My guest is the former U.S. ambassador to Canada, Bruce Heyman. Um, Of course, America has always had isolationists. A lot of people want nothing to do right now with Ukraine. They don't think it's their fight. Um, I remember FDR, of course, spending an enormous amount of time trying to make the case for war against Hitler. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've gone through periods of time where uh, it's been America first, America all, you know, but when we've gone off on these tangents or extremes, we always come back to the center and realize that we're stronger when we're together with our friends and allies around the world. We're stronger uh, economically when Canada and the U.S. build things together. And we're, we're just stronger when we innovate together and we have collective democracies. And so this isolationist view that some in the U.S. have, and as you've mentioned, there are a number of people in the U.S. have had this for a long period of time, I think is a dangerous path. And the language that Donald Trump is using is particularly dangerous. Okay, one thing that Donald Trump is right about, though, as we mentioned in the first half of that clip, many members of NATO have not met their commitments to spend 2% of GDP on uh, on the military. And so what do you do to address that? Does it take sort of some muscularity to try to convince these people to do their job? So look, these you know, there are diplomatic ways of dealing with your friends and allies. Um, there are lots of ways that we can encourage each other and work together. And I personally was, you know, very directly involved in conversations with both the Harper government and the Trudeau government about meeting those numerical obligations. And I think there are creative ways of doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, getting to the point where you're putting a gun literally to the head of your ally and neighbor and encouraging, as you mentioned in the clip from uh, former President Trump over the weekend, encouraging um, uh, our enemies to attack um, our allies if they don't meet a certain dollar commitment. Um, you know, we should not we should separate that language from the language of, of a financial commitment. Never would I tell someone to attack my friend. Um, and so this is, the again, as I point out, a very dangerous time. Now, there's a solution to this. Canada has an answer. It's not just you sit and watch this 
craziness and anarchy next door and do nothing. The fact is that there may be more Americans, dual citizens and, and Americans living in Canada outside the U.S. than any other country in the world. And you don't vote and there's a problem and you got to change that. And if you just go to votefromabroad.org, a nonpartisan website, and register to vote, you can participate in the election. And this happened in 2016. Hillary Clinton lost the presidency to Donald Trump by, yes, 75,000 votes in swing states. And Joe Biden won by 45,000 votes. So you hear about all these millions. The fact of the matter is it's very tight. It's going to be very tight again. And Americans living in Canada can be the answer. Votefromabroad.org. And it's pretty straightforward and simple to do. You've often been very lyrical about your time in Canada. So uh, last question to you. Do you miss us? Oh, I, I miss you, but I don't. And I'll tell you why I don't. Because I come up and visit you yeah. so darn often and love it. And everything from... You know, my fishing trip that I'm already working on in B.C. to my time in Montreal and my love of Toronto and the people, the food, the, the just the culture is so spectacular. The United States is the luckiest country in the world to have Canada as our neighbor. And there's nothing there's nothing better for for our two countries. And we're stronger together. Uh, we're best friends. We're neighbors. We're allies. But more importantly, we're family. My wife's family emigrated through Toronto uh, to the United States when her grandfather became a barber in Cincinnati, Ohio, about a hundred years ago. So, look, it's it's a love like you would love your 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 friends and family, and uh, you know. And the best part is, I get two Thanksgivings out of it. <laughs> Ambassador, thank you. It's a pleasure. Ambassador Bruce Heyman, a former U.S. ambassador to Canada.